Are you listening? Welcome into the rantings of fancy football fanatic. I am your host, Jesse Moeller, aka JBowler05. And boy, oh boy, what a doozy day two was. I just I don't even know what to describe it. I'm I'm a day past it, and I'm still still pretty shook with wondering what happened. We had 25 fantasy relevant players. So 25. So we can break it down by position. We had two quarterbacks, Will Levis. Henry Hooker. We had five running backs. We had Zach Charbonnet going to Seattle. Kendra Miller going to New Orleans. Tajay Spears going to Tennessee. Devin Achain, whoa, baby, in Miami. Tanks Bigsby in Jacksonville. We had 10 wide receivers, which is a good amount of wide receivers. So we've had 14 wide receivers go through the first two days. But to break down the wide receivers, we had Jonathan Mingo landing in Carolina. Jaden Reed landed in Green Bay. Rashi Rice in Kansas City. I know he's going to get steamed up. And Marvin Mims in Denver. And then round three, we had Tank Dell in, in Houston, Jalen Hyatt in New York, Cedric Tillman in Cleveland, Josh Downs in Indianapolis. Hey, that's a nice one. Michael Wilson in Arizona. That's a sleeper pick for all paying attention. And Trey Tucker in Vegas. Lastly, the tight ends, we had eight. We had eight tight ends go. So we've had nine tight ends go the first two days. That's bonkers, which speaks to the tight end class. I think it was Rappaport that said there were 11 tight ends with Day two grade, we almost hit that. We had freaking 11 go. So the ones that went on day two, Sam LaPorta went to Detroit. Michael Mayer went down to Vegas. Luke Musgrave went to Green Bay. Luke Schoenmaker went to Dallas. Brendan Strange went to Jacksonville. Tucker Craft, Green Bay. Another Green Bay guy. I don't know why you guys are double dipping on tight ends, but that's another point. Darnell Washington, Pittsburgh. Rest in peace, Darnell. Not going to happen there, but that's a fun one. And Cameron Latou went to San Francisco. So... That is just a ton of guys going. And if you look at the Twitter streets, people are absolutely freaking out, and I don't understand why. Let me kind of break down what I expect from the class and looking forward, and we can just go down by position. But realistically, like, we don't have a ton of immediate impact guys. And guess what? They're day two players. They don't make immediate impacts anyways. But it just seems like there's log jams and a tough situation. And this even applies to the, like the day one wide receivers where everyone was like, oh, my God, horror. It's like, nah, dude, like KJ Osborne and TJ Hawkinson are not going to stop Jordan Addison. Y'all need to chill. Like, relax. Quentin Johnson, he's upgraded Mike Williams. Like, Mike Williams is a good wide receiver, but like he's nothing special. So, yeah, but that was already talking about day one. Let's let's jump to day two and go there. So one of the big movers, Will Levis, finally went. He's looks like he's the heir apparent in Tennessee. And I know you're like day two. It's early day two. That's an investment. There are invested. So he's going to be either a back end round one or an early round two pick in super flex leagues. And realistically, I'm fine throwing the dart on Levis at that cost. Like the upside's worth it. It might seem pretty bad because he's got sit from Tannehill for a year. But if things go south in Tennessee this year, we could see Levis take over, right? So Keep that in mind. Levis is very interesting. Hennon Hooker went in the third round to Detroit, and that's the perfect just, like, let him sit and learn behind Jared Goff pick. So if you're Detroit, it's like, why not, right? Um, Yeah, so we'll look at him next year, maybe the year after that. Uh, it's third round pick, so I wouldn't be too thrilled with Hooker, but you could throw a dart on him late second in the third round if you really believe in him and hope it pays off, but – it's it helps the class at least. I'm not I'm not too sold on Hooker falling in Detroit. It's a great situation, but 
is he going to beat out Jared Goff? Like, realistically, I don't know. So that's the thing you have to ask yourself. Like, I know people were hyped on him, but we'll see. But let's talk about the meat of the class, the thing that was holding it all together, the running backs, and how they, quote, unquote, face planted. It's like, oh, no. But the thing that really sucks is Charbonnet. That one's just a doozy because Walker's a good running back, and he's young. So that's the problem with it, right? We're not... We're not just being like, oh, yeah, he's stuck behind Derrick Henry, a.k.a. Tajay Spears of Tennessee, which we'll talk about in a second. But, yeah, it just uh, – it's it's fascinating. The thing that if you kind of zoom out and look at it, it's not bad. Like, both guys will be able to succeed because they're different running backs. Charbonnet is a, a much better back on third downs. He's a good pass protector. He's a better route runner. He can do all that. And he's a sound running back where he's not going to make the mistakes that Walker does because we saw – Walker had one of the lowest success rates among running backs with 100 plus carries last year. He's an explosive ass running back. Like, that's not Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet kind of builds up and then he gets going. But Charbonnet is a very dependable running back. And that's something Seattle's going to count on because outside of Walker, that running back room was a disaster. So you knew they were going to add someone. I just don't think anyone expected round two. Like, I would much rather have taken one of the guys that went round three. But I, I completely get why Seattle did it. Um, we even saw Pete Carroll and the phone call with him that they released talking about, Hey, you ready to play on special teams? And I'm just like, dude, you spent a second round pick on this guy. Why are you talking about special teams? <laughs> but that's Pete Carroll with his, you know, quote unquote competing attitude. Um, the next guy that went of the running backs is Kendra Miller. And that's an interesting one because Kendra's a good running back. And I, people are like, yeah, he didn't catch passes. Well, d- is he capable of it? I mean, his Josh Pratt run isn't terrible. And he showed an ability to actually when he got the ball. So I know we didn't get Roshan on day two, which sucks. I thought he would land somewhere. But Kendra fell into a good situation in New Orleans. We don't know what is going to happen with Kamara. Like he could end up being cut realistically. Like his, you just don't know that he's going to be suspended. So Kendra is going to have an impact year one. Like he's going to get on the field. He's going to make plays. And they do have Jamal Williams, but like Jamal Williams is just like, he's a guy. Like he's, He's a locker room dude, and he's great for character, but he's not that good of a running back. So I don't think Jamal Williams is going to stop Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller is a better running back. Like He's an upgrade. It's just more what happens with Kamara. And it's a Kamara suspension long-term. It's wheels up for Kendra. It's a good situation to build in. Like, you have the core around. Like, you have Derek Carr for a while. You have the receivers in position. You have eh, an iffy tight end. So there's room for him to carve out a role. I actually like it. So keep that in mind. Kendra is going to be a mid, probably second round pick, early to mid, like 202-ish range, I would imagine. I haven't finalized my rankings, but that's kind of where I picture him going. The next guy is interesting, and it's Tajay Spears. <laughs> I saw a picture of the old Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry, and that's basically what <laughs> Tajay Spears is bigger than Deion Lewis, but he's a still a small back. Um, the issue with Tajay Spears is... He doesn't have like he legit doesn't have an ACL ligament in one of his knees. He has the injury history, so he's not a long term like asset, right? But he's explosive. He's fantastic in space. Tennessee needed playmakers, and that is Spears. Spears is the definition of a playmaker. So he's going to help out Derrick Henry in year one. Who knows? Maybe they trade Derrick Henry and wheels up for Spears. But realistically, like they're going to try to find ways to get him on the field to help out that offense because they don't have a ton of playmakers, right? So it's just. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm i kind of excited, but a little bit reserved just because he's round three and there's an 
established bell cow in front of him and Derrick Henry. He's not going to take away the running work from Derrick Henry. But maybe they just lessen it a little bit, let Spears get on the field, show you what he's got. He could be a 2024 like boom pick. So keep that in mind. Spears will probably be a mid to late second round pick. And if you want him, go for it. Now, the landing spot bonanza happened with Devin and Shane. He got round day two draft capital, baby. We are rolling. And guess what? That's Miami. That's just, that's the perfect fit. A-Chain is a really good running back. He's undersized, but the man could ball. You saw his efficiency numbers. He's, he's that dude. He, and he's, he's just, he's good, man. He does everything you need from a running back. He's just small. If he was big, people would absolutely be loving all over him, but he's got Olympic speed. He's a playmaker. He's, he's actually surprisingly strong running back. He finishes forward. He does all the stuff and he's one of the better inside runners in the league. So I know you're thinking, oh, they can't run in the middle. No, they will. And he'll do it. I wouldn't be worried about any of, you know, the guys they have there, like Jeff Wilson, anything like that. Like, nah, it's, it's Devin a change. He's going to be, I think I have about 110 right now in my rookie rankings based on this. It's, it's just like James Cook last year, except he's a better running back than James Cook, where James Cook got completely elevated. And he's a smaller back, you know, part-time role. Devin a chain was in a part-time role, but he finally took over. And he was good last year with Texas A&M. So that's an interesting one. And I'm pretty excited. Like, that's that's literally the nuts landing spot. Like, I don't think you could ask for anything more than that. The next, the last guy of the running backs that went day two was Tank Bigsby. He went to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, just like Seattle, they desperately needed a running back. Like, you're not running out Jermichael Hasty, any one of those guys, right? So they needed a body. And it'll be interesting to see if ETN finally gets that passing game work. I saw people saying that Bigsby's the better running back than ETN, which is just people, people hold on tank lock. <laughs> um, so ETN went first round. Bigsby went third. Like ETN is a much better profile. He's a better, like, it's just, he's Bigsby's not better than ETN, but he can carve out a, a decent role. Like we saw how Jacksonville used ETN. He wasn't heavily involved in the passing game. Like he had very similar usage rates to Kenneth Walker in the passing game, which didn't make any sense, but he's a good back. So, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Like Bigsby is going to be the one B to ETN is the one in that offense. I don't think he's really going to push ETN, but he's a fun handcuff guy. To, and if he, if, if he gets hurt, if ETN gets hurt, wheels up for Bigsby in that offense, because that's one of the better offenses in the league in Jacksonville. So keep that in mind with Bigsby. He's probably going to be a mid second, but I'm going to more have him as like a later second, just because I'd rather bet on some of the wide receivers than Bigsby being behind ETN. But if you're, your throw with Bigsby or Bigsby, go ahead and move him up to early second. Take the dart on him if you like him. If you're not sold on ETM, which for some reason a lot of people aren't. So keep that in mind with him. Next up, the wide receivers. The first wide receiver off the board on day two was Jonathan Mingo. And I like, I don't, I just don't get it with Mingo, man. Like his production profile is not good. You watch his tape and he just leaves a ton to be desired. So I could be wrong on Mingo, but he's walking into a perfect situation. Like they have their quarterback in the future, Bryce Young. And they're teaming him up because the wide receivers there just aren't good. Like, you know what I'm saying? We got guys that are just have not proven anything like LaVisca, you know, or they brought in Thielen. Thielen's old. You got Shai Smith. You got Terrace Marshall. But really, that's just just nothing special wide receiver room. So if Mingo is good, he's going to get a shot because he gets the day two draft capital. And this is early day two draft capital. He went early in the second. He went pick 39 overall. So that's... That's like, hey, guess what? We believe in this guy. So if you if you believe in Mingo, he's going to get steamed up to an early second round pick. 
Um, I saw he was around like the 203, and that's realistically where he's going to be. I'll probably have him later just because I'm not big on Mingo. Like, it's just I don't see with him. But, you know, he fell in the perfect situation. So if you believe in the talent, that's the ideal situation for a wide receiver to go into because there's no no one really holding him back. So could be what's up. Next up, the sleeper pick, Jaden Reed. Ooh, getting Green Bay, and that's so nice. That's just – that's a good pick. I, I love that pick from Green Bay. Jaden Reed is a nice wide receiver. So, yeah, the earliest breakout in the class, he was at Western Michigan. He was very good. He, I think he's like 18 years old, three months is when his breakout happened. And then he was just continually good. And then he went to freaking Michigan State and showed like, hey, guess what? I'm I'm a good wide receiver. He's a little bit older, but I'm not too worried about that. He He, he did what you want. And Green Bay's in on him. So, honestly, I'm in on him too. Because it's Christian Watson, and then it's like, I mean, you got Romeo Dubs. He was just kind of – he had an early – like he hit early last year, then he just kind of fell off. And there's not much in that wide receiver room. Now, the running back room, you know, who they have, Aaron Jones, and they have A.J. Dillon. Tight ends, they added two tight ends to yesterday. I don't understand why they did that, but, you know, it's there's really not much standing in his way besides Christian Watson. So him and Christian Watson could be a fun duo moving forward in that offense with Jordan Love. And you're giving Jordan Love – lots of darts like to be a good quarterback so they're investing in him and you like to see it so that's a nice spot for Jaden reed next up we have rashi rice going to kansas city and my goodness does kansas city have a type like they're going to put rice in that deep threat role where he's going to stretch and match relationships on top they've always they've loved these guys because rice is fast he's bigger like he's he's gonna fill that role he's gonna stretch the seams oh it's it's fun i'm like if he's gonna get steamed up because it's Kansas City, but honestly, I just don't see it with Rice. So he's gonna be a late second round pick just because he has a draft capital and it's the perfect situation. People will probably get over their skis out in front of him, but you never know. Like there's guys on round three I would much rather, like who I'll talk about in a second, who I'd much rather target. But yeah, that's just it's the perfect spot. Like you're playing with Patrick Mahomes, right? So if you're a good wide receiver. You can handle it, then that's wheels up, right? So keep that in mind with Rashi Rice. He's going to be an interesting name to watch to see how his ADP and where it settles. But the Kansas City, like I saw someone posted their their receiving core and their tight ends and their running backs. And outside Kelsey, it's just like that is not a good group of skill players, right? Like Kadarius Coney's fun. And Sky Moore has shown us absolutely nothing, right? You have Isaiah Pacheco, who's a non-existent pass catcher. He's basically the juggernauts so they they have guys but man there's a lot of question marks so it makes sense for kansas city to take a dart and see see if rice is better than what they have because realistically he could be he absolutely could be but you're just giving Mahomes more weapons so that's that's the one-on-one super flex patrick Mahomes, he's got the weapons at least and we'll see who steps up outside of kelsey i'm realistically not sure my bet would be tony but the guy can't stay healthy so Keep keep Rice in mind. He's I'll have him as a like two ten range probably there for me. Next up, Marvin Mims. He's the last pick of the second round. He goes to Denver, and yeah, that sucks for KJ Hamler. Like Hamler's gonna be donezoed. So this is just what happens sometimes. Like guys get injured and they they can't stay healthy. Teams can't count on them. So Mims is getting a shot and going to what could be a good offense. We just don't know. They're getting Sean Payton, so. This is definitely a Sean Payton pick, so keep that in mind. I know we have Tim Patrick, who everybody's kind of talking about. He's a wide receiver. He's 29 years old. He's not young. 
Sutton's kind of he's getting a little bit older, but he was solid. He had like a 20% target share. And then there's Jerry Judy. So there are a lot of guys in the offense. And then you have Greg Dulcich. I just don't see the world where Marvin Mins comes in. And he had like he had a really good production profile. It was one of the better ones in the class. Just he never truly like had that elite season. So it's interesting, but I'd much rather target other guys where I see them having a shot at actually being an impact fantasy wide receiver. I just don't see it for Mims. It was better for the the NFL situation and the team than it is fantasy, in my opinion. So Mims is his profile is good enough where like early third, I'll take the flyer on him. But outside of that, I'm just not that interested. So the next pick, the shortest man in the history of combine, Tank Dell went 306 to Houston. And yeah, like Houston needed bodies. Like they had the ghost Robert Woods. Like you have uh, you have the other guys and you have Dalton Schultz, who's like their most reliable guy, but you have um, John Mechie coming back. It's like he was a second round pick last year. He could be good. We just don't know with Mechie. Right. And tank bell tells like he dominated the senior bowl. So he got steamed up and like third round capital or third capital. It's not bad. And it's an open situation, right? You're giving Stroud another weapon. So I, I'm all for that. Um, I'm not going to be like, I just don't want to, bet on Dell. Like he's just so small. He's serious outlier. He's tiny. He's like five, six, like this is my height. I'm five, six and he's a hundred freaking 60 pounds. Like unless you're Hollywood Brown or Devonta Smith, where you're like these true freak shows and you're actually difference makers. I don't see how this can happen for Dell. Like he'll, he could have some fun plays and splash plays just because his profile allows it, but it's so hard to project those guys that are that short. So do what you want with Dell. He'll probably be an early third round pick, but realistically, I'm not going to take him an early third round pick. I'm just going to let other people draft him around there. Next up, Jalen Hyatt walks into just a perfect situation. He's going to be able to stretch the seams with Danny Dimes, who a couple years ago was one of the most accurate passers downfield. Last year, he kind of regressed that area, but he needs someone that's going to stretch the seam because Kennedy Dalladay, see you later. That didn't work out. So Hyatt's going to step into that role, and he's going to be a boom bust fantasy option. And realistically, outside of Wandale, like there's just a bunch of slot dudes. So they finally got themselves someone who could stretch the field and his speed is truly different. Like Hyatt has game breaking speed. I know he ran a four, four forty, but man, the guy plays much faster than that. He go watch his tape at Tennessee. The guy was just lights up. If he gets a step on you, he's gone. So he's basically the way you look at him is he's a much, he's a worse Will Fuller, right? Where he's true difference maker. He's got to get him the ball, hit him deep, see what works out. I, I mean, I'd much rather take a gamble on Hyatt in the Giants than I would Dell in Houston or Mims in Denver just because, you know, that speed's tempting as heck. I'm not super big on it actually working out for him, but, you know, let's keep in mind, like, he has a shot to actually step in day one and earn a role right off the gate. So focus on that. Next up, we get Cedric Tillman. He went to the 311 to Cleveland, and, yeah, like, cool, I guess. It's fun offense to be a part of, so that's what you want guys to get into, right, with Deshaun Watson. It really depends on if Deshaun Watson's back to his old self or he was who we saw last year. If he's who we saw last year, it's probably not going to work out too well for Tillman because it's just not that good. But realistically, there's Elijah Moore. You have David Njoku and Amari Cooper all going to see targets in front of him, right? And then you get into, like, Donovan Peoples-Jones. You have these other guys in the offense. It's just like, where's it going to work out for Tillman? I know people were kind of bullish on him. Um, I had him as my wide receiver 12 pre-draft, but I was just like, there's things you like, but 
nothing that really separates him for me. So he's a bigger body guy. He has that going for him. But we'll just see. I don't know what his role is exactly going to be in Cleveland. Um, I'm expecting special teams work. And we'll see. If you want to draft him, he'll be the mid-third round pick. He, he's fine, I guess. It's just not for me. This is this is where it gets interesting in rookie drafts. You, and you see people that were just like, oh, the rookie draft is so terrible now. It's like, no, it's fine. Like, it's we don't have the super, a lot of high-end assets. We just have a lot of guys in rookie situations. Enter Cedric Tillman in Cleveland, another rookie situation. Now, next up, we had Josh Downs. Finally went. He's the slot little young, small slot guy who production profile was off the charts. He was more wide receiver five going in, and he goes to the third round. Pick 16 in Indianapolis, and that is just fun. There's a lot of fun there. Like, I, why it's more intriguing than, say, it's Tillman is, first off, I liked him a lot more. Second off, there's not that many guys in his way. I mean, you have Michael Pittman. He's the alpha. You have Alec Pierce, and the tight ends are just a motley crew of Mo Alley Cox, Jelani Woods, Kylan Granson. It's kind of whatever, right? And you're giving Anthony Richardson another weapon. So – He's going to be the intermediate guy for Anthony Richardson. Like, that's just just lock that in because that's what Dowds will do. So he's going to be fun slot guy for them. Um, I'm much more confident in him than I am, say, Tillman and even or Hyatt or Deller and those guys. Downs is going to be mid to late second round pick for me. And if he's there, I'll smash him just because he's he's what we hoped David Bell would be. Like, I, David Bell had a really good production profile. Went to the third round last year to Cleveland, right? Pour one out for David Bell because he's Denzoed. Like Cedric Tillman just taking him off the field. Like I'm not even. Yeah, David Bell was atrocious as a rookie. So sometimes that's what happens. It just fell up. Um. So realistically, I'm hoping Josh Downs is the good version of the third round rookie that with a really good production profile that actually hits this year. That's what we're expecting with Josh Downs. Now he's still a third round pick. It's not like he's going to immediately see the field, get all the snaps. No, he's got to earn it. Like that's what third round picks have to do. The team believes in you, but you still have to show you're good. So. If Josh Downs is a good wide receiver, which his profile tells us, then he can step in and be the slot guy for them on that offense. And it could be a lot of fun. So keep in mind and pay attention to Josh Downs and see where his ADP settles. I really like it. Um, the next guy who I actually really like the pick Arizona made. Uh, Arizona had a great day. They've had a great two days. They only took premium position talents. They had they took offensive tackle first round. They took a defensive end in the second round. They took a cornerback in the third round and they also took wide receiver those are impact positions and they also stockpiled a bunch of future picks this year like they have a couple coming up and they stockpiled the 2024 draft it's looking very good for arizona that's like you just gotta give it up for arizona what they did they targeted a wide receiver who's a little bit under the radar but michael wilson i liked what i saw out of michael wilson i had him at wide receiver 14 just because i didn't think he was going to get draft capital if he got day two draft capital i said i'm bumping him up I'm going to bump him up. He's probably going to be my wide receiver seven in the class, seven, eight in that range. So he's going to get a drastic bump. Um, but I like what he see. And he's stepping in a situation, especially if ho- if it's Hollywood. And then you got like Rondale Moore and just not, not much else, right? Uh, this is with the anticipation that DeAndre Hopkins gets traded. And if he is traded, it's wheels up for Michaels Wilson. So pay attention to Wilson. Take, take a flyer on him in the fourth or the late third, like, you'll probably like the return you get out of him. And we'll see. If Hopkins gets traded, his ADP is going to skyrocket. So if you're doing your drafts now, you want to target him. And then if Hopkins traded, boop, trade up. And then you can trade him off of that cachet or keep him enjoy some production, see what happens. The last guy, Vegas, they took Trey Tucker. I 
in the late third, like the hundredth pick. I don't, I don't know what Vegas is doing. Like Trey Tucker, Trey Tucker. It's just, it's yeah. Um, you're probably gonna have a better shot elsewhere. So I'm not trying to clown Trey Tucker, but he's just not my cup of tea. So we'll see. But I think you're better off. He's gonna be a fourth round pick in rookie drafts. Do with that what you will. If you want to take the flyer on him in Vegas, if you believe in him stepping in and helping out Jimmy G in that offense, but it's a crowded room, man. They got bodies. Like they have Jacoby Myers there. They have Hunter Renfro. They have Devontae Adams. Like, where's he gonna fit in? And maybe they want him to stretch the field, do that. And then I can see him stepping in, playing the role. But he's a late third round pick. So, you know, it takes a little while. If the difference is with these guys in the late third round picks in the NFL, realistically, like you have to believe in the profile to boost them up. And I much more believe in Michael Wilson than I do Trey Tucker. So that's why Wilson gets a bump up. Tucker really doesn't get the bump up. So if you don't believe in any of these guys, don't really bump them up. Um, just know the third round picks are a little bit riskier. They'll get a shot, but it's not a guaranteed thing, right? Especially the wide receiver position. But you just want them to get on the field, show they can play, and then the team believes in them, and they're in more of a role, more of a role, more of a role, and they come on at the end of the year. So that's kind of what it is. So now let's go to our tight ends. Great day for tight ends. Like, I'll just say this right now. This tight end class lived up to what we hoped it would be. So this tight end class is really carrying the weight of it. Like In premium leagues, they're going to go early. They're going to go often. A lot of them fell into really good spots. So let's start out. Sam Porta, who has this quite possibly the second best receiving profile in the class behind Dalton Kincaid. Well, actually third behind Mayor because Mayor's really good, which that's very far my fault. But so he's got third best production profile. Laporte has been really good. Like he's earned the targets. It's just the Hawkeyes, their offense was atrocious. It was was Laporte. It wasn't much else. And it was gross. Like if you watch Iowa football, you feel like you're watching 1950s college football where it's just not entertaining at all to watch. Laporte dominated targets. He'd early. He dominated him off and he had like, a ridiculous portion of the target. I think it was 30-some percent in senior year. Like, the dude is just, he's dominators off the chart. So, he's a little bit smaller, but I'm not too worried about that. Detroit got rid of TJ Hawkinson, and they're bringing in Laporta. He can more stretch the seam a little bit than, say, like a Hawkinson could, because Hawkinson was more middle of the field. So, I love this landing spot for Goff. Like, Laporta can connect with him. Laporta's just got to get on the field and stay healthy. So, if he's on early, like, Keep in mind, Laporta is going to be in early second round picks. And in premium leagues, like he might get pushed up. In non-tight ends, premium, like he'll probably be mid just because of super flex. One QB, he'll be early. But he's going to be about 204-ish for me. And so keep that in mind. But it's an ideal landing spot. Next up, the slide of Michael Mayer stops. We thought he was going to be a first round tight end, but he still went early second. Like that's not bad at all. He lands in Vegas and they desperately needed a tight end. So who do they take? The most pro-ready tight end out of the gate. He's going to see snaps. He's going to see targets. Like, this is the difference between him and Trey Tucker. Mayer is quite possibly the most ready and the best tight end in the class. So guess what? He steps on the field day one. Like, he's going to play. He plays at a position that also needs the talent, so that's the difference. And he got the early capital. So, yeah, those top three tight ends, like, just, just lock them in. If you're happy with it, like, that's good stuff. Next up, my boy out of Oregon State, Luke Musgrave, went with a 211. To Green Bay, and I was hyped for it. I was like, yes, Musgrave, let's go. What you're doing, you're giving Jordan Love another passing weapon, right? And this is – he's the prototypical tight end with the build. He has the athleticism. He's got the size. The, and, like, that's the – he doesn't have the production profile because he's dealt with injuries his whole career. But 
he's the guy if you want to project and you're betting on projection he's the guy to bet so the issue with it though is green bay in the third round took tucker craft one of the most athletic tight ends in this class as well so they took craft who had to transfer to north dakota state and then he saw all that work and finally dominated because he was at penn state um so yeah i i'm not as high on musgrave anymore like musgrave is going to be a late second like it's just now you have two tight ends like he has the upper edge and he got drafted a full round earlier but i don't know why green bay went double dip tight end like unless they're trying to play bully tight end or something it's just it's interesting so just pay attention to him keep in mind it's probably gonna take him a while before he gets going um he also dealt with a ton of injuries so yeah i was hyped and then they took tucker craft and i'm just like why what are you what are you doing um but hey for green Bay's perspective i guess they realized like let's get two tight ends and see who wins it out so yeah interesting for him the next guy um luke shoemaker he's out of michigan and dallas just kept taking these guys out of michigan it's pretty funny because we had the Eagles taking all the Georgia Bulldogs and the Cowboys are taking all of the Michigan Wolverines. So yeah, they they must they must be in touch with Harbaugh because yeah, that's earlier than I thought anybody thought Shoemaker was gonna go. Like he was a lot of people's like tight end ten in the class. I was just yeah, I think I'm not sure exactly what had him. I think it might have been tight end ten. Um let me double check. Shoemaker, yeah, I had him tight end. 10 exactly so yeah it's pretty funny right right where i had him that's kind of where the community had him um but yeah i just it's an ideal fit and we saw how dallas attacks their tight ends like they love their tight ends right so keep that in mind like he's walking into a tight end room that really there's just not much there. it's like peyton Hendershoot. it's like i paid Hendershoot ain't nothing so i wouldn't worry about it if you if you like him absolutely bet on him. he's gonna be like a third round pick it's just you know, I'm not 100% on him, but it's an ideal landing spot for any tight end to go to. We saw with Dak how he loves it. So keep Shoemaker in mind. He could be a surprise of the draft and actually hit because he's going to get a shot day one. Next up, Brent Strange went to Jacksonville, and that is what I consider a 2024 pick, right? This is what people were hyped about Hunter Log in Miami once Kaseki left. What happened? Hunter Log got traded. Didn't work out. So... Brenton Strange, he's just kind of stuck. Like he's not gonna earn, he's not gonna earn targets. He's gonna, he's a more of like a blocking tight end. Like he can kind of do a little bit of everything. So I don't see much fantasy upside, especially with Evan Ingram there. But even with Evan, like once Evan Ingram leaves, it's just it's gonna be hard for him in that offense to earn a lot of targets. So not super excited, but it's a good offense. And maybe he could turn and develop into a tight end that's highly efficient and catches touchdowns for you. So premium leagues, sure. But outside of premium leagues, I'm just – I don't want to spend that draft capital on I'd rather just trade it for a veteran than I would, like, say, a late second or a third. Realistically, in non-tight end premium leagues, he's going to go, like, the fourth, fifth round. Like, people aren't going to be that excited about him. Um, Next up, Tucker Craft. He was something the community was a big fan of. Um. And yeah, like he's big dude. He's an athletic freak show. Finally produced at a small college. And the problem is he lands with Musgrave. So that kind of sucks. But I'm just going to bet on the guy with more draft capital when you're torn between the two. Because realistically, they were in the same range for a lot of people as it was. So if you believe in craft, you can get him at a dip- discount compared to Musgrave. So keep that in mind when you're going on these guys. But he's still got 
third round draft capital. Like it's pretty good. And one of them will end up earning the role. We don't know who it's going to be. It's going to be a fun competition between the two. So if you like him more than Musgrave, yeah, go, go take him. You can get him in a third, no problem. So keep that in mind. It's, you know, it's, it's open. So he could be something. Next up, pour one out for Darnell Washington. He goes to Pittsburgh. And yeah, they have Pat Firemuth. He's a good young tight end. So this screams blocker. Like this screams are actually going to turn him into a tackle or try to get him to help with passing and just help the offense, right? Because their offense line is not very good. So they need more bodies. And Darnell Washington's a mountain of a man. He's an athletic freak show. But we heard NFL teams talking about he projects more to a tight end. And with that pick in the third round, that's what they're telling us because he's not going to play over Pat Firemuth. Firemuth is a very good tight end. So, yeah, that's just – I'm not interested. He's not even going to be on my board. I don't even want to touch him. Even in premium leagues, like, just let other people go for him because I don't see a, a scenario how he's walking in targets or he's going to earn targets because that's something he never did at Georgia, right? And, yeah, he played with the best out of any college football and Brock Bowers, but it's just – it's going to be tough. And sometimes this is what happens. Guys, like, they dry, they die for fantasy on draft day. He could still be a good NFL talent. Like, we've seen tight ends transition tackles. The Seahawks did it with George Fant. There's other guys where over, of course, for a few years, like they become linemen. So don't give out hope. He can still be a good pro. It's just for fantasy, no thanks. And then the last tight end taken was Cameron on the two. He goes to San Francisco in the third round, late in the third round. And I mean, they got George Kittle. Like, this is just, this is just depth. They, you know how they value the position. So I don't expect anything to happen from Cameron on the two. He's not going to be on my board either. Like even in premium leagues, sure, fifth round. Yeah, you throw a dart. Maybe something happens. Maybe there's injury to Kittle because he has had injuries over the years. Once two steps in, earned roll. But unless the tight end is good and he has a good profile and they're able to be schemed touches, like it's tough. Like you can't just walk into targets as a tight end. You have to earn them. And with San Francisco scheme, it is quite complex. So he's going to have to learn that offense too. So it's going to be a slow development for the two. We'll see what happens, but I'm just not that interested. But, well, to recap on day two, for the quarterbacks, we had Will Levis going to Tennessee early second. Hendon Hooker went to Detroit early third. The running backs, Zach Charbonnet. Oh, goes to my Seattle Seahawks mid-second. I just I can't stand that one. Um, Kendra Miller goes to New Orleans early third. Tajay Spears goes to the Tennessee Titans mid-third. Devin Chain goes to the Miami Dolphins late third. Tank Bigsby. Jacksonville Jaguars, late third. For the wide receivers, Jonathan Mingo goes early second to the Carolina Panthers. Jaden Reed goes to the Green Bay Packers, mid-second. Rashi Rice goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, in the late second. Marvin Mims goes to the Denver Broncos, the late second. Tank Dell goes to Houston, late early third. Jalen Hyatt goes to the New York Giants, early third. Setter Tillman goes to the Cleveland Browns, mid-third. Josh Downs, mid-third Indianapolis. Michael Wilson, late third Arizona, and Trey Tucker, late third Arizona. For the tight ends, Sam Laporta goes to Detroit, early early second. Michael Meyer goes to the Raiders, early second. Luke Musgrave, Green Bay Packers, mid-second. Luke Schoonmaker, Dallas Cowboys, late second. Brent Strange goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, late second. Tucker Kraft, I don't understand why Green Bay did that. <laughs> he goes to the Green Bay Packers, mid-third. Darnell Washington, late third to the Pittsburgh Panthers. Um, Steelers and Cameron Latou goes to the San Francisco 49ers in the late third. That is your day two draft recap. Thank you for stopping in. I am your host, Jesse Moeller, aka J Moeller 05. You can find me all over 
you know, Twitter is my favorite platform to tweet out my rantings, AKA why this is called the rantings of a fancy football fanatic. Um, take care folks. We will see you later on this week. Talk about day three. Have you ever failed? Are you listening? Damn.